Hi, I'm Jack Cacciarella. And I'm Aaron Parnas. And this is Zoomed In. On this week's episode of Zoomed In, Aaron and I start off by hitting the headlines, talking about the Russia-Ukraine conflict and breaking down the numerous attacks that Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis have launched on the LGBTQ community. After that, Aaron and I will finish up as we always do with Tweets of the Week. Aaron, we have a lot to cover, and this is an important episode, so let's get right into it and hit the headlines. Yeah, Jack, let's do it, and let's talk about, um, obviously, the biggest news of the week and just the biggest news in general over the past seven or so days, and that's the the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it needs to be said over and over again that this is a Russian invasion of Ukraine. This is not a war caused by Ukraine, a war caused by the United States, a war caused by NATO. It's a Russian invasion. It's a war caused by Russia and it's and its uh, dictator, Vladimir Putin. Now, this war began now um, when viewers are going to be listening to this seven days ago. Um, and over the past seven days, Russian efforts to take the capital of Ukraine, Kiev, have stalled tremendously. Initially, Vladimir Putin was told by his military advisors that he would be able to take Ukraine within 72 hours. And that was the plan. And that was what United States intelligence believes would occur as well. However, we are now seven days, over six days into this war, and Russia force, Russian forces have only been able to take small slivers of Ukraine and have only been able to take one significant city um, on the southern, southeastern portion of Ukraine. Um, what we're seeing now, though, however, is a massive 40 mile long convoy currently making its way to the capital, to Kiev, as Russia alters its strategy. Initially, Russia's strategy was to blitz the capital to try to take the capital quickly. Now the strategy is more uh, is siege warfare. It's to encircle the capital, to uh, essentially decapitate the gov- government, um, and to prevent any resources from coming in or out, resources or people coming in or out of the capital of Ukraine in an effort for Ukraine to ultimately just surrender. Um, so that is where we're at. The convoy has stalled a bit because it is refueling. It is uh, restocking on food and other supplies. Um, but we are seeing what is, uh, it, there are two really big themes in this, in this invasion thus far. The first is the fact that Ukraine has put up a significant, significant mm-hmm. uh, battle. They have not let Russia walk all over them. Uh, troops are fighting hard. They are very well trained post-2014 when Crimea was first invaded. Um, they have a lot of weaponry from the United States and Western Europe and other allies. Um, so that's number one. Uh, Ukraine's are, Ukraine is putting up a significant fight. And number two is Russian forces, the morale within the Russian army is significantly low. Now, many people think that, look, Russia is a superpower and Russia is going to be able to take Ukraine easily. And, and that may be true. And I still predict, unfortunately, that Russia will likely be able to take Ukraine within the next couple of weeks. However, um, sheer military power isn't enough alone. You need morale. You need, a, you need an army willing to fight. And right now, Russia doesn't have that. Many Russian troops are surrendering. Uh, many Russian troops are not following um, orders by handed down by their generals, by military leaders, um, because they were not prepared for this full-scale bloody invasion to kill civilians, to kill children, to kill women, to bomb hospitals, schools, um, residential buildings, because that's what's happening right now. And even just today, uh, Russia indiscriminately bombed um, Kiev, the capital, and bombed a Holocaust memorial, killing five citizens, innocent civilians. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing a, a Russian army that has mora- that has a lot of resources, but morale is low. You see a Ukrainian army that doesn't have a lot of resources, but morale is very high. And you see a Russian leader that is very desperate and will take mm. desperate action, whereas you see a Ukrainian leader who is more emboldened than ever and believes that Ukraine can win this war. 
Um, so that that's where we stand right now. It's going to be an interesting next several days. I think, um, like I said, ultimately, I do think Ukraine will fall. Um, I think the government will fall um, just because of the sheer number of resources Russia does have at its disposal. And, and obviously that we don't want that. And my, I have family in Ukraine. I really don't want that. But we have to be realist, realistic here. But in the interim, Ukraine is putting up a significant fight. Russian forces are significantly depleted. And, and you never know. I mean, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. So you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, you talk about the response from you, the Ukrainian army. Can you shed some more light on what the global coalition has been in support of Ukraine and and, and how that has contributed to the, the you know, the, the response that the Ukrainian army has had? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, the 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 global coalition is really important um, in that um, within what Vladimir Putin did was not only did he invade Ukraine, but he also, by um, uh, unbeknownst to him at the time, he united NATO more so than um, we've seen since NATO was created after in the, in the post-Soviet era. Um, and, and all NATO countries are on board now. Um, they kicked Russia out of SWIFT, many Russian banks out of SWIFT, which, which is the um, Western, the ability to gain Western financing for Russia and Russian companies. Um, they, uh, many NATO countries have been providing weaponry um, and military support and um, humanitarian support. Everyone's on the same page. I mean, yes, there are those outlier countries like Mexico, for example, is not sanctioning Russia, um, is not supporting Ukraine here. Um, you see countries like China and Saudi Arabia and India also trying to play that um, middle ground type. Um, but overwhelmingly, most of most of NATO countries have stepped up They're They're together or all of NATO. NATO has stepped up. Most countries have stepped up. Um, they're together. They're strong. And and they're and they're willing to help Ukraine as much as they can, as much as they can. But I will say this. Everyone's helping Ukraine right now, but also at the same time, no one's helping Ukraine. No one is actually putting any boots on the ground in Ukraine. And no one will put boots on the ground in Ukraine because once American boots or Slovenian boots or whatever German boots get in Ukraine and they're attacked, that is an act of war and Article 5 of NATO is triggered and an attack on one of them is an attack on every NATO country, dragging the United States into a massive world war. Yeah, and so there has been speculation and I think you'll be a, do a great job in clearing it up about the possibility that Ukraine, and that was initially Russia's fear that Ukraine would be joining NATO or joining the EU, which President Zelensky submitted an, applic an application, you guys say, to join the European Union. So can you speak more on that development and, and, and what could happen with Ukraine? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it, it's actually a misnomer that the reason Russia invaded was because of um, this NATO membership or this potential of a NATO membership. Russia invaded because Vladimir Putin wants to recreate the former Soviet Union. That's the real reason why Russia invaded. Um, do I think NATO will ever accept Ukraine? No. And the reason why is because historically, NATO does not accept border states. Um, and Ukraine is a border state. It borders Russia and it also borders the Western, Western parts of Europe. Um, and from a strategic perspective, there is a lot of combat in Russia, I mean, in Ukraine over the past decade, including in Crimea and elsewhere. Um, so, and in order not to trigger Article 5, because no one in NATO wants to um, go to war with Russia right now, um, they will never accept, they will never accept um, Ukraine. And for Ukraine to be admitted into NATO, you need to have the support of all NATO countries. And right now, I don't think you even have the support of 10% of the NATO countries. Um, you not no one wants to go to against go to war against Russia. They'll, they'd be willing to provide weaponry and um, equipment and stuff, but 
um, actual troops, that's not going to happen. Hmm. And could you speak more on possible developments in joining of the European Union? Yeah, sure. So uh, this morning, which is um, Tuesday, March 1st, when we're recording this, um, the European Parliament uh, approved uh, Ukraine's application to join the European Union um, and fast-tracked an admissions process. However, this admissions process, even fast-tracked, is going to take several months, if not years. Um, and the process to join the European Union is going to take a long time. Uh, so Ukraine's not going to join the European Union overnight. And even joining the European Union, that's not going to help Ukraine militaristically. It's going to help Ukraine economically. Um, so, but we won't really see, it, it's really more of a symbolic show of kind of force right now, more so than anything. And so what are your expect, uh, expectations for the next couple of days um, as we see the conflict escalate? Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect um, the capital of Ukraine, Kiev, to fall within the next week, um, week or two. Um, if this convoy, this massive 40 mile convoy gets there. Um, if it doesn't, then um, we're going to see just several days of bloody warfare. It doesn't look like peace is anywhere close. Um, it doesn't look uh, peace negotiations were initially scheduled for um, March 2nd. Um, but the Turkish president spokesperson came out today and said that it's looking likely that those peace negotiations are going to be canceled um, because of just um, because Russia's demands are quote untenable. So I don't know. It's going to be a bloody war. It's, uh, this humanitarian crisis is only growing. And we just all need to just collectively say a prayer for Ukraine and support Ukraine. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, but Jack, um, I know Ukraine and Russia. It's it's a big topic and it's a personal topic to me. But, right now, you know, but- we we have had some uh, we have actually had some positive news. So today is you know March first when we're recording this, and that means as you are listening to this, Beto O'Rourke will have won the Democratic nomination for um, the governor and the gubernatorial race for Texas mm-hmm. governor. So. That is some extremely positive news. He will be running against Greg Abbott. This was our expectation the entire time. But now, as you're listening to this, the primary will have concluded. And one of the most important issues that I expect to come up in this campaign um, is an effort that Greg Abbott just begun. I'm kind of quietly, um, well, the rest of the world and, of course, the country is focused on what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, And that's that Texas has uh, has begun investigating the parents of transgender children and they're doing this under the clause that uh, that there is child abuse happening um, for providing gender affirming care. Right. Now, obviously, this is a disgusting and outlandish and abhorrent attack on transgender transgender children and, and their families. Um, and this is coming after a slew of anti LGBTQ bills from. Republican states. We're mm-hmm. seeing this in Florida. We're seeing obviously this in Texas and, and, and across the country. So Aaron, what is the response that Beto O'Rourke needs to take to this as he will now be um, the Democratic nominee running against Greg Abbott? Well, he needs to really t- just support the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, I think that it, we're the Republican parties in Texas and Florida um, and elsewhere, they're, they're taking our country back to the 1900s or the 1800s. They want to move mm. us back. Whereas Beto O'Rourke and anyone challenging DeSantis or others that are trying to impose these draconian bills, they need to move us forward into the new century, into the new decade. Um, that's what we need. We need we need the new generation to step up. And and, and Beto, Beto really needs to take kind of like, he needs to call him out, call Greg Abbott out. Um, and it can't be just like a simple, just like, hey, you're wrong, Greg Abbott. It needs to be a consistent theme. Of and, if Greg and, Abbott can do this to your children now, imagine what he could do to your children if he's reelected. And, and you know, this is what we were talking about uh, 
with oh last week when when Glenn Youngkin, someone who in their entire in his entire campaign for governor of Virginia, um, was talking about how he was focused on helping children by stopping critical race theory. Now, mm-hmm. of course, critical race theory is not taught in Virginia public schools. He was going to do nothing to help children in Virginia public schools by attacking their education. And just last week, Republicans in Virginia proposed a new budget bill that would strip public schools of hundreds of millions of dollars. So Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and Glenn Young can alike talk about how they are defending kids against critical race theory and against real American history, that they're slashing curriculums and that will protect parents, or they're keeping mask mandates out of schools and that will protect parents and students. But what they're not focused on and and what they're really enabling is the real issues that matter most to us. And that is protecting students from gun violence in their schools, protecting students from, you know, uh, from COVID, protecting students' right to be who they who they are. Right. No, Greg I, Abbott I, wants to regulate who children can and cannot be. That is his goal. This is nothing to do with protecting kids or helping parents. He wants to start a culture war for the base of his party and tell children who they can and cannot be. And that needs to be called out because for some Texans, it's a matter of life and death. We saw that when a a devastating winter storm hit Texas and Greg Abbott did nothing and Ted Cruz left the state is the Texans. They had no power. They had no support from their government and over a hundred died. It's like this election is a matter of life and death. The position that Greg Abbott is putting children in you know, legislating them to be othered in in schools is, is what drives such a high, you know, we have to talk about it because it's true, such a high suicide rate um, in LGBTQ plus youth, because they are like systemically trying to hurt and make kids feel like they are not who they should be. And they cannot be who they are. Um, And it needs to be called out. I agree with you, Jack, 100%. And, it, and it's really unfortunate. It's really sad. And um, we, the LGBTQ plus community needs to know that they're not less than. They're not, they're not who the Republican Party and Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis think they are. That, that's not who they are. We, we need to support them. They are loved. They are part of our community. Um, they are part of our country. They're a citizen just like anyone else. And, and it's really disheartening to see this rise in hatred. Um, it, it really is. It's, it's scary because um, it, just for example, even in Florida, thankfully this was this amendment was um, shot down. But there was an amendment introduced where um, a school would have to report to the parents mm-hmm. if the school believed that within six weeks, if a school believed that a student identified anything other identified as uh, um, anything other than heterosexual, so they, they would have to buy the. They w- it would be illegal not to out students for, for teachers to legally have to do that, which right. is, it's just despicable. It's, it's um, absolutely despicable, and we need to keep fighting back every chance we get, Jack. And 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 you know, if you're interested in and in, you know, speaking out and, and mm-hmm. helping that cause, um, I am working um, with some students in Florida right now who are organizing uh, a walkout on the third. So that's Thursday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, um, you can go check out um, the zoomed in Twitter feed. We're going to have more information. I absolutely will too. I know Aaron's going to be sharing it as well. Um, to really show that students are standing up for their peers uh, and letting them know that they are loved, that they are accepted, and that Ron DeSantis cannot regulate who they are. Um, So we're going to have more information on that, but our voices need to be heard as young people. 
and we need to stand up against these horrible bills. 100%. And they, and they will be, our voices will be heard. Our voice will be heard today, tomorrow, and especially at the polls on November 8th, 2022. Absolutely. That is when our voice will be heard. And Jack, with that, um, we've hit the headlines. Um, this was an, a great episode. And let's just jump right into, I know, your favorite topic of the week or subject of the week, which is tweets of the week. Let's do it. And now it's time for tweets of the week. Our first tweet comes from good friend of the show, John Collins. John says, there are more Russians standing up to Putin than Republicans. It was, it was, an, it was amazing to see the act of bravery of Russians standing up to Putin and protesting in the streets, calling uh, for an end to the war. Um, it, it was truly amazing. Um, our next tweet comes from, comes from Ukraine. Ukraine says, do not be afraid to stand up to evil. No matter how powerful it seems at the dawn, the flag will still be there. Keep fighting. Our next tweet comes from CNN's Jim Acosta. Uh, Jim Acosta is reporting Ukraine's defenders of Snake Island, who were initially feared to be dead after telling the Russians to go fuck themselves, are alive and well, according to the Ukrainian Navy. That was, I don't know if you saw the video, um, it was circulating all across uh, all yeah, across yeah. Twitter, but that was pretty badass to just say, Hey, I don't, I don't really care. Go fuck yourself. Um, our final tweet comes from Marcus flowers, who is running to unseat Republican Marjorie Taylor green. So, you know, you may not have seen this with all the news, but, um, Marjorie Taylor green, uh, this week spoke at a white nationalist rally, uh, with Nick Fuentes and she tried to, you know, defend herself and it, in, obviously indefensible, but in Marjorie Taylor Greene fashion, she tried to justify it, but there was plenty of commentary. And so her opponent, Marcus Flowers, said, I have never spoken at a white nationalist rally, which I can't believe that is what's separating political candidates now. But that is the age of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And that is Tweets of the Week. And that is our show. Thank you so much to all of the Zoomed In listeners who have been tuning in to all of our podcasts. Our audience is growing every week and we appreciate the incredible love and support that you guys have for this show. Um, we also, as we always do, like to thank the brothers at Midas Touch for making the show happen, for producing it, and our editor, Adam Sultan, for editing the show um, and making Aaron look so good every week. Uh, Aaron, if the people want to ask questions, you are doing an incredible job covering this conflict. Uh, if the people want to ask more questions or you know want to show support for the show, where can they find you? On all my social media platforms at Aaron Parnas and on my TikTok at Aaron Parnas number with number six. What about you, Jack? You can find me on Twitter at JD Cotcharella. That's J D C O C C H I A R E L L A, or at Jack D Cotcharella on TikTok as well. Uh, if you have not already, make sure to subscribe to the Zoomed In podcast. We have awesome episodes like this coming out every Wednesday, talking to candidates, organizers, and activists all across the country. So if you are not already, please subscribe to the show, tell a friend about it, and Zoom in with us again next Wednesday.